Welcome to your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons. Jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today's top story... Well, first, let me say it is Share the Show Tuesday. So I would love it if people would share the show, find one person who you think would enjoy the show or and or put it on social media, get it out there. And also for all you patrons out there, thank you so much for people who have supported the show, who subscribe. We greatly appreciate it. We put out 10 hours of free content or more every month and seven more hours of uh, premium content. But we try to keep the price low, even if you cannot use the, all the extra content. Still, it would be great if you can afford it to support the show. We go through all this propaganda. We try to sift out the real news for you so you don't have to. If that's a valuable service. We would love to have you go to our Patreon page and uh, sign up. And we also had a... Let's see. Well, let's just get to the news. And then um, I have some follow-up stuff from yesterday and other little housekeeping, but don't want to do too much of that. Sounds good to me. Okay. So my top story was going to be that Tyson Foods, along with Smithfield and JBS USA, are saying that the food chain is broken, the supply chain is broken, and that they are not able to process the meat because of COVID outbreaks. They can't get it out to uh, the grocery stores and they're going to have to slaughter piglets and little animals because they just they can't store them once they reach capacity which they aren't at capacity yet i've been a little skeptical about that i've been thinking that with the restaurants basically closed that restaurants are very wasteful so you're going to use a lot more food if you're pushing through to the end user as a restaurant and i just feel like they might over may jump the gun on closing meat plants because they really don't want to process it through and throw it away after they've spent all that money or try to find freezers for it. And uh, as I was going to bring that story, that you better watch it, Trump, there was a headline that came across that said that Trump is ordering the meat processing plants to stay open. And I have to say that what could possibly go wrong there yeah, it's definitely an interesting story. I was worried about the toilet paper effect that could occur with it. The more it gets talked about oh, in the yeah, media about how it's it. going to be a shortage, the more people are going to go out and hoard it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I do think also we had we did a great show with James Corbett. We did a video with him last night, twenty minutes. It's on YouTube right now. It was very excellent. And the premise was that these protests may be a setup for people to take the rap for a round two of the pandemic that's already in the works. So I don't think it's accelerating lifting lockdowns by too much, but I think they will take the blame. And having Trump come out and tell me, now, it, I, it is, there's never been a case that I've ever read about where a respiratory illness is also a foodborne illness. But what they do say is plastic will the virus can live on plastic for three days. So maybe if they touch the plastic that the meat is wrapped in and then you touch that, I don't know. But I can't help but think that Trump telling the meat plants against their own wishes to stay open is going to backfire. Is that what they're saying they're worried about, that it's being transferred from the food? No. Or is it mm -hmm. that the people 
No, I, I, all I ever read was that they were worried about people getting sick at the plant, worried for the people. But I'm saying if you want to blame it on Trump later, because Trump said, keep the plants open and maybe the people in the plants will get sick, but they could also say that having that virus in the food chain in the supply chain for food could spread it everywhere into not your own state even. So like, you don't, so then that makes it even more of a federal issue. But I'm saying the people are going to think, well, they're getting their Rona on my food, but that would be like virtually impossible to get a respiratory illness from something you ate. You would, but it is possible that you got, that you could, which is very, it is actually not the, the, predominant method of catching it but you could conceivably yeah. get it on your hands and then touch your face especially if it's refrigerated that may be able to keep it alive longer i don't know yeah that does remind me of a story i saw where i believe it was on cnn where they said don't worry you don't have to wipe down all of your groceries when you get back from the grocery store what did you read from that that i don't have to wipe down my groceries anymore I don't have to be paranoid every time i touch my groceries I don't but know. But do you think you should be? Like, no, I, I don't think I should be. I'm I wasn't happy wiping to hear down that my groceries. There are some germs. Yeah, I wasn't I wiping down them. my groceries, but there were a lot of people that were paranoid about that. Well, they won't let you use your own bags anymore, which I always thought using your own bags was disgusting because that is foodborne illness. Like, yeah. you bring plastic bags back, plastic exactly where that stuff, like, <laughs> gross. <laughs> people bring their, I guess there are those stores people that bring don't give bags. you bags. Yeah. Yeah. Like they bring Aldi their or something bags. like that. And out. In California, they have you have to you can't you oh you have to pay for bags they cannot give you a bag you have to pay for a bag so a lot of people bring the bags looks like but they were turning them away when I was at the grocery store they weren't letting people use them I yeah. would never do that but they look at you like you're crazy would, yeah. they're like don't go out to your car get your bags I'm like I don't have those disgusting things I would stuff groceries in my book bag my backpack that would be my bag I used to use the cheap the cheap plastic bags for like dog poop but you can't do that when they're they're like the expensive pay for it that is how bags. you get a bunch of bags for your dogs is you go grocery totally shopping. Yeah. absolutely yes anyway so what is the manhattan project i mean i know what the original one was was building the bomb for to drop on well uh, this is a secret group of scientists cities. and billionaires pushing a manhattan project for covid 19 and this was in the wall street journal as you said, they are working to cull the world's most promising research on the pandemic, passing on their findings to policymakers in the White House. If you've ever wondered what the shadow government is or what a cabal is or how it works, read this article in the Wall Street Journal as it is very open about how this works. This is people like Peter Thiel, the Amazon Whoa, guy. he is the deepest of deep All state. the wealthiest people. down Gawker. That's, yeah. Yeah, these powerful people that have links to the government that can force the government or pressure the government to ease regulations that might, you know, get in their way. For example, the FDA did not want to expedite the passing of something that they wanted to test out. So they just contacted somebody in the White House. Next day, the FDA called them and said, okay, we'll do it. So they just make a phone call to the White House and they wrote this letter. They've been working with them since February, I think. And I believe it appears that the policies that are being pushed out, the document's still secret, so we can't read the 17-page document, but you can read a letter that they wrote, and the vaccine program, the contact tracing program, all of these programs appear to be coming out of this group of wealthy cabal members, 
at one point, they even lay out a timeline in the letter that they wrote to the White House with the full opening up occurring between March of 2020 and March of 2021. So over the course of the next year, so they have the timeline of when things are going to get opened up, when things are going to be kind of slowly worked back to a normalcy, although it's not normal as they describe. Go read the letter. I don't want to read the whole letter to you, but the the article's in the Wall Street Journal. So interesting. Will you tweet it? Yeah, I will. There was an interesting quote in there, which goes back to some of the crisis communication stuff that we've talked about, Peter Sandman and how they how they try and scare people into doing what they want them to do. They were trying to get the name. They were bouncing ideas around about what to actually name COVID-19, and they wanted to name it. The group discussed whether to suggest that public health authorities rename the virus SARS-2 after the 2003 China animal virus. To them, the name sounded scarier and might get more people to wear face masks. Well, so yes, they're trying to I scare people that. into yeah. wearing face masks is, with their propaganda messaging. Nomenclature about the names, and I think, yes, COVID is the disease. I don't think they're the, talking officially. They're talking right, what right, to right, cut, right. get people to oh, call like it. Like what to tell people? Yeah, this is a propaganda. This is, this is the, one of the best descriptions of a group working behind the scenes oh, and right. pushing a propaganda well, campaign that you're ever going to read. A couple of things that you said really sparked a thought. I was re-watching some of the Event 201 stuff, and that Inglesby who pops up, the Johns Hopkins guy, pops up all the time, never mentions this. One of the things they were talking about was how they wanted to use soft power to have powerful influencers within a country call the leadership. So oligarchs to go call the leadership behind the scenes and tell them what to do. It was shocking. That and they're all exactly... saying like, cause he says it cutely. He's just like, you know, you want to use soft power. Like they say when they, they say it like in an academic tone of voice, you know, like yeah. the global governance instead yeah. of world government. You're right. Like, but I think they, <laughs> that's exactly what this is. Here's some of the ideas that they've developed, which include a saliva test, scheduling such tests like a saliva test at the end of the work day that are going to be available by, by morning so you can test your employees every single day. They suggested a nationwide smartphone app that requires residents to confirm each day that they don't have any of the 14 symptoms of a cold or fever. They really focused on the global effort that they that we want to coordinate. Like they said that this is a it's critical to approach the drugs, the vaccines and the reopening of our society to be pursued in a and it needs to be supported simultaneously to defeat this novel coronavirus in the US and around the world. We will require a massive well-organized collaborative effort from government, industry, philanthropy and citizens. It's vital that we establish these partnerships and take action immediately. So that I mean that's describing a world partnership right there. Yeah, that's straight out of Event 201 and the Rockefeller Foundation document we've been talking about, they don't people don't say any say it, but their partner, the guys who put it together, it's called the Global Business Network. Those guys were the leaders of that. Two or three guys were involved in the Merry Pranksters, the Students for Democratic America, the Esalen Institute, all the real deep state CIA stuff that orchestrated the counterculture in the sixties. Yeah. The article talks about how people like Adam Silver from the NBA called and wanted to get in on one of their meetings. And he couldn't get in. It was too exclusive for him. And it had already filled up. I find that hard up. to believe, And actually. they did brief him afterwards. Yeah, but these I are the wealthiest, elusive 
you know, most powerful people getting together, pulling the strings behind the scenes. Oh yeah. You want to be in that room. That's for sure. So this, I, they, this another thing you remind me of the Peter Thiel thing, kind of bringing down Gawker was the beginning of the, of the end of local papers. But do you want to not move on? I have a few things to say of what I think some of the fallout here is going to be more of the fallout. So I, I read another article today. I had tweeted, I don't think we talked about it on the air, of local newspapers shutting down, like going bankrupt. There's no... And then it, the Wall Street Journal today had an article that they were not eligible for the small business loan because the parent company, even of these little ones, there's like... A, or had had more than a thousand employees. That's specific to the newspapers. Whereas Shake Shack got, got it for every single one of their outlets because they were like under... 45 employees or something like that. So they have different standards for different industries. I mean, talk about picking and choosing who's going to get shaken out and who's not. Yeah. So because the media companies don't need a kind of like, uh, they they want anybody in that realm to go away. Whereas like Shake Shack can benefit from all their different places getting, you know, they gave the money back, but that's going to take care of that. But there are other things that are going to go under in the same vein. So the local newspapers are targeted just like smaller businesses are targeted. But I also see a continuing pattern from the Varsity Blues thing where I I was puzzling over what, why did they do that Varsity Blues? So Varsity Blues, the Lori Lachlan trap, a lot of those people, you know, they pled guilty, they did bad things, whatever. But what, one of the fallouts are going to be that they don't want people to give a lot of money to private schools for their own family's benefit to get their kids in or whatever. So that's how these schools get those insane endowments. I mean, Harvard and Princeton, they're some of the biggest financial companies in the world just based on being a, that running the college's money. It's an amazing amount of money. But most schools aren't that rich. So if you... So Harvard and Princeton never need another penny and would never need to have tuition ever again. Really, they could run forever without tuition or further endowments. So, but most small colleges can't do that. And what I think will happen now, so Harvard said we might just do school online in September and that's going to pile onto this problem, which is this. So the super, super big schools like Harvard and Princeton are going to be able to tolerate, I mean, their name recognition alone is going to, people are always going to choose them first. They're always going to pay whatever is asked. They could live without getting paid. They will always be a repository for uh, for the elites to have access to the future eliteness. But the smaller private schools are an alternative to public college. So when if they shake that out, so then there's like almost no private schools. There's a super, super, super echelons, like super high-end high schools in D.C. Like um, John Taylor Gatto said something like 80% of all the senators went to one of 14 high schools, something like that at yeah. this moment in time. And then so I feel like they're going to – you're going to get your free college. You're going to get your public college. And only the, it's going to be like healthcare, where where even the middle class now has to suck down into where the lower classes were getting their kind of freebies. And then you have an ultra elite. It's a third world thing of education in this case. And I think it's across the board. I think that the, the pattern is emerging and it's worrying me. I mean, I'm even thinking of putting my kids in the public school. So because it sounds like you're saying that like regulations help the biggest businesses by stamping out the smaller ones that can't afford to get around them. The same yeah, thing going ballot, on yeah. with these elite schools. 
The regulatory barriers to entry does prefer incumbents to startups, that's for sure. And all they have to do is make regulations. This, I think, is a different method, but the same result, which yeah. is you will just have an oligopoly. But the, but another difference is that that the alternative to an oligopoly in big pharma or big media is is nothing. It's just an oligopoly. Here, they can they can get they it has the added effect of the alternative, which is going to be practically free, like in healthcare. And in uh, schooling is the government system. So it's going to result in yeah. this massive amount of brainwashing because that's what it is. I mean, when the more, the deeper you get into like pure government schooling, it's almost as if they consider actual learning to be an elitist, uh, like retro, you know, the actual references to classic works and stuff are are considered kind of uh racist or classist you know because they they come from our kind of european history or whatever i don't know what the hell but there's a serious lack of value there and in place of it you have propaganda which you get that from that evergreen university videos holy crap but let's take a break and i'll take a breath today's show is brought to you by neighbors feed and seed while other states like Michigan have deemed seed suppliers to be non-essential businesses, that's not the case here in Georgia. And with a lot of us spending more time at home than usual right now, there's no better time to get all of your gardening needs taken care of. And if you're anything like me, then you don't know how to grow a thing in your yard, but you want to learn. Neighbors Feed and Seed has a knowledgeable staff that will give you fantastic advice on how to grow anything. They offer garden supplies, vegetable plants, bird feeds, chicken feeds, premium pet food, just about anything you can think of. And the best part about it is that they are locally owned by a fantastic group of people. So if you're in the Smyrna area, stop by Neighbors Feed and Seed and say hello. Or check out their website at NeighborsFeedandSeed.com. And tell them the Propaganda Report sent you. They teach the public schools, the public education system teaches people they're supposed to follow orders. And these elite schools teach people, teach these kids how to organize the masses. Yes, and this is what made me um, notice we didn't, I don't think we got to this. Uh, that was a very kind of like hard-hitting uh, video we did with Corbett. So there was just so much more material we could have covered. One of the things I wanted to get your take on is we hit on it, but not in depth. This, the dialectic that is shaking out in the protests is the the demographic of each side is so consistent with what we've been seeing like the uh trust authority if you're educated and compassionate and intelligent you're the liberal who doesn't uh question authority which is hilarious but that's i saw that like there was somebody in one of those videos saying uh, I really don't care what these people are protesting. Uh, they have an average GPA of 1.3 and I've been to Harvard and it was just like, they have an average GPA of 1.3. I mean, this is the kind of BS math science stuff that you're just like, don't question. It's like, you just made that up. It's, I mean, and I know she's being sarcastic, but it's just stupid. Yeah, but she throws in that she went to Harvard. On but top I don't of think that. she even went to Harvard. She said, I've been to Harvard. She's and been to Harvard. Like, I've yeah, driven so by Harvard yeah, before. Yeah, exactly. Like everybody's been to Harvard. Everybody has a picture with John Harvard. But I, I, I was just thinking, like, we talked about the, di di the, uh, 
being gun toting, neo Nazi religious right Fringe conspiracy, conspiracy theorists. Yeah. Front yeah, Trumpy and Dumpy. I invented that when I was watching the videos. Trumpy and Dumpy. Angry and irrational, paranoid, um, dangerous, irresponsible, MAGA hat wearing. Yeah, they have clearly connected protesting the shutdown orders with being a Trump supporter, which makes people who want to protest and don't even like Trump, might even be liberal, stay silent. That is such a good point. And he does not deserve support at these things. He is leading the charge. He is leading the charge. So he talks out of both sides of his mouth. So you can all, that's what he's done from the beginning, the art of yeah. ambiguity. You can always grab what you need if you want to. And then there's always Q there to tell you <laughs> that he's doing this for you. But I just noticed that that whole trust authority thing was front and center. The healthcare workers, which Corbett had nailed, healthcare heroes yeah. there. And it was in Event 201. Who do the people trust the most? They This is what they said. They're like, we've done studies and people trust employers the most, their own employers. So you have to get people to work in these controlled environments and you have to tell those people how to direct their employees. And then they said healthcare workers are on the ground. They have connections. People trust them. Don't let them say, I don't know. Tell them what to say. But I think these people are not really nurses anyway. But that uniform, those scrubs yes. are now a symbol. They're an authority symbol now. Yes. So you I put mean, anybody in scrubs and they go stand in yes. the street. Yeah, exactly. There's actual... The example was the doctor's coat. Yeah. He says it on the David Letterman show. I saw it. You yeah. sent me that. That was excellent. Bernays says that you wear a you wear a lab coat and people will lend authority to you. They will trust what you say more. He tells Letterman that. Call him doctor. And there's an example of what you can get people to consent to. Yet another example, when you have them afraid, when they're terrified for their life, and this comes from the New York Times, <laughs> the headline being, can estrogen and other sex hormones help men survive COVID-19? Men are more likely than women to die of the coronavirus. Scientists are treating them with something women have more of, female sex hormones. Now, the interesting thing about this article, <laughs> first off, it says that the people who have the most protection because they have high levels of estrogen, are pregnant women. So you want to get the most protection, you become a pregnant woman. Oh. So men should become pregnant women if they want to save themselves from the coronavirus. I think those are the kind of hormones you actually give women for birth control. I, I really think there's going to be an element of sterilization or birth control, maybe even gender-specific vaccines. I mean... When you told me yesterday what Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation's original title was, I was real. I'm still reeling from that. What was it again? I mean, I don't the want Bill to and home. Melinda Gates Institute for Population Control. And this is a guy whose father ran Planned Parenthood. He said at, when he was a kid, which is before Roe versus Wade was legal. Yeah. So this article goes on, and this is the most interesting part about it to me is. Multiple times in the article, doctors that they quote say that this isn't going to work, giving men estrogen injections. You know, we, we're, everybody's all up in arms about Clorox injections, which Trump never actually <laughs> said. But here we have people actually getting estrogen injections when they know it's not going to work because 
if it worked, then the same pattern, this is what they say, they, the same pattern would not be true in older women who have been through men- menopause because their estrogen levels are not as high. So they would not get the same benefit of surviving COVID longer than men. But they say the older women are surviving COVID longer than men. And based on our analysis, this will not work because it doesn't apply in this this control group here. So they can try this but it's not going to work. And the article even talks about how we don't even really know what's going to happen. And it ends by saying the hormones are believed to be safe, especially when used for a short duration, but participants were warned of the possible side effects that may be a first for many men like tenderness in the breast and hot flashes. So here's how you get people to do anything. Were you saying that they were, yesterday weren't we talking about a study where they intentionally or um, had to have knowingly done the study in a way that was not going to work, the hydrochloroquine or something Yes, like they, the way they set up the study, they set it up by giving it to the wrong control group, the control group that would not get the benefit from it. The, you get the benefit from the hydrochloroquine in the, in the studies where it's worked comes from people who are just getting sick, so like it's taking like Tamiflu. This- Yes, but I they know. gave it to people it who so are ventilated. Crazy that that doctor gave it to me that day, I yeah. can't believe it. And I did. And my son has Down syndrome. Like I'm not trying to give him stuff that has side effects. You really don't know those. Those kids are, you know, these whatever. guys don't know what's going to happen to them. But I know but, that's crazy. The, it's. I mean, it's. They're acknowledging this probably isn't going to work. We don't know what's going to happen. Their breasts are going to be tender. They're going to have some hot flashes. Oh, Inject them. You know, it's like you say. You know what, sir? You have. You have COVID nineteen. Oh my God! But I can save you. How? I'm gonna pump you full of estrogen. <laughs> you need to transition. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "Okay, do it." I'm terrified. I mean, you people will do anything. No, that yeah, they deserve that. So, oh, we missed it when we were talking about the school thing that they're that oh, even yeah. high schools may not open. What's the story? Well, just that high schools are finding alternative ways to celebrate, to do things like graduations and whatnot, and they're now doing a virtual prom. So they'll have a virtual DJ, I'm sure, and they'll have everybody dress up and do their flowers. I'm sure this is what seniors envisioned when they envisioned their senior prom is sneaking some liquor down underneath their computer table. And sitting yes, there with exactly. the, the guy or gal they were going to go so with. and pathetic. They're not really uh, even wearing pants. Right. Yeah. You know, parents. <laughs> well, that. No, but I mean, you know, like you see like the the uh, anchorman and stuff like that yeah. walking around without yeah. pants on. But you got to see everybody. <laughs> if you're doing a Zoom thing, they're probably going to see everybody in there. So that they're not even going to get so the. so lame. You know, you know dads uh. are loving this. Fathers are loving. That have daughters. They're, oh, they're like, yeah. yes. Well, that's why Bill Gates loves it. That's yeah. why Bill Gates loves it. He wants people to never have sex again. Well, this is definitely, there's going to be no sex at it's this prom. It's demolition, man. Yeah. There was somebody in one of those videos. There was the, the video that now this news that we talked about last night with Corbett, but there was another video by like an independent person, like a just a regular guy like you would do. And uh, it showed there was a guy there, super fit looking guy. And uh, it said, I don't have coronavirus on his T-shirt. And he was literally doing what I do. To cough on me. I want you to cough on me. He's like, cough on me. Have sex with me. You know, everything's okay. And uh, and they were talking about how healthy they would be. That's the jump he went to? Cough on me? Yes, have yes, sex with yes, me? yes, That's yes, the next yes. step usually. To cough yes, with. it was pretty funny. It was pretty <laughs> funny. But I just, you know, it made me, it drew the connection for me that that, that is what... What is the benefit of total social distancing? Although I think there will be, there, there is a, a friend of the show, Truth Dar Boy, 
uh, who I like, haven't heard from in a while. Two things. He used to say, because he's not as far down the rabbit hole as we are, I am, that like traffic is a huge problem and they're trying to solve it and they can't figure it out. Now, I don't think that's, I think they're looking for sustainable green stuff. They're going to get rid of all the cars anyway. I think they know exactly what they're going to do. But it will, this thing, which has jump-started telecommuting and a lot of that from unemployment and more telecommuting, that'll, traffic and transit will plummet. And I think that's why somebody just sent me a link that the Rockefellers have completely exited oil. But of course, Rockefellers are in healthcare though. So that could be the transition that's happening. But what Truth Our Boy did tell me to do was to watch this movie, Devil's Advocate with Keanu Reeves, which I did watch last night. So I'm telling people to go watch it. We could talk about it another time if you're interested in watching it. And he said, what, do you notice anything? And I noticed some of it, but not all of it. It was very interesting. But it also reminded me of a totally, totally different scenario. A book I read called Devil's Advocate by Taylor Caldwell. I read it recently. And that was about uh, a guy who, and this is why I said, oh, are, is is the movie... Are the Q people going to love it? It's like, absolutely not. They will not love it. But then I realized the book I read is all Q. Like, I, I don't look at Q stuff, but I would not be surprised if he takes word for word or they, whatever um, it is, Bill Barr, whoever it is, takes word for word out of this book, Devil's Advocate, because the guy rose to the highest levels of power in this totalitarian communist dictatorship. He was the most brutal guy. He killed people all the time, killed his own family, like stuff like that. He would torture people, beat them down, make them confess, everything like that. And then I'm going to tell the spoiler because, well, earmuff, 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 earmuff. Then in the end, after all of that, he was really the good guy. And he had to kill all those people because that was the only way to actually get the reins of power. And he fomented an actual civil war where the government itself, which he was leading, was defeated. And I think he had to go down in history as a, you know, a Hitler. Yeah. He was killed and everything like that. But it was so exactly this far-fetched, ridiculous, impossible scenario that Q wants us to believe in, only it was more plausible than what's actually happening. Yeah. Sorry. Did I just make enemies? I don't think so. No, I don't think. The Q thing is a little, is not, I can't. Well, I don't the cute thing, healthy. just like, I don't think it's helpful. It's just like any of the other stuff to me is it's a limited hangout psyop in that there is a truth in some of it, but that truth can get what? buried. The, what the pedophile I didn't know it was a limited hangout. The, all the stuff oh, about yeah. pe- there's there are pedophile yeah, rings yeah, yeah. and there are people yes, in power yes, that are part yes. of them. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's one of their whole things is that they right. are of the belief that these pedophiles are going to be brought down. Right, and that's where I I do not think that the, not not in the way that they anticipate that they will be brought down. <laughs> I do not anticipate a marching out of them I on PBS. To, I have to make a correction on that note. Speaking of Pizzagate, Hillary Clinton actually endorsed Biden today. I said yesterday that I thought she had said he should withdraw, but actually the headline I had seen was that a former Clinton advisor named Peter Dow. D-A-U-O, called for Biden to withdraw. Hillary endorsed him. So I just wanted to, (laughs) this is the difference between alternative media and mainstream media. Uh, We correct ourselves. (laughs) We issue corrections, yeah. (laughs) We issue corrections. There's supposed to be a documentary that drops next week that's a, quote, secret documentary on Netflix, which the Obamas 
have like a $20 million stake in or something like that. They're producers. Oh, yeah. With Bernays' nephew, right? Yeah, Bernays' nephew started <laughs> Netflix, Edward Bernays. The documentary positions Michelle Obama as vice president, and it drops next week to add some drama to everything that's going on right now. You have some competition, Stacey Abrams, and she's formidable. <laughs> that would be some cage match. <laughs> I don't know who would win that one. That's tough. I don't know. It's a tough one, right? <laughs> you guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting <laughs> platform. Don't forget, we've got a Patreon 15 coming up. We have a Patreon 15 coming up. If you want to get access to that extra content that we post every day that we do a Drive Time News Blast, you can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report. And for less than 15 cents a day, five bucks a month, you can get access to that content and much other perks that we do on a monthly basis. We will talk to you guys tomorrow. Share the show. Share the show Tuesday.